listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome to our podcast live with the ABA section of antitrust law. This is Gabrielle Kohlmeyer, and I'm here with my co-host, Jody Williams, for today's episode. Joining us now, we have Diana Kalala, Mika Tupi, and Tara Kozloff. Before we get started, please tell us more about yourselves. Where do you work? What do you do? And tell us when was your first spring meeting? Tara, kick us off. I'll start. This is Tara. I am the chief of staff of the Federal Trade Commission, and my first spring meeting was in 1995. Hi, everyone. This is Mika. I am antitrust counsel for United Airlines, and my first spring meeting was in 2009. And hi, everyone. My name is Deanna Kalala. I'm antitrust counsel at Aiken Gump, and my first spring meeting was in 2017. Well, thank you all for being here, and let's go ahead and get started. Our theme for this podcast is Her Story and the Future. So Tara, in the spirit of that conversation, why don't you tell us about your first spring meeting experience and how spring meeting has changed since then. Sure. So as I mentioned, my first spring meeting was in 1995, and I was a brand new baby associate at a law firm and showed up for the spring meeting. Uh, I came from a firm that had a lot of people involved with the section, so it was pretty much a given that I would come. And I walked in, and I seriously, I, there must have been maybe 10 women. It was very, very difficult to spot any other women. There also weren't a lot of people under the age of 30 or maybe even 40 at that point. So it was just this sea of men in dark suits. And I actually showed up in this cute little red power suit and felt extremely out of place in sharp contrast. So now if you look around the spring meeting, there's just tons more women, uh, not just in the audience and walking around, but even looking up at the panels. It's, it's just a huge difference in the representation of women in our practice area and also uh, in these kinds of programs. And Diana, you are the newest addition to the spring meeting. What has been your experience so far and where would you like to see spring meeting heading any changes or opportunities you see in the next five years? Well, my experience thus far has been phenomenal. So hats off to Tara for <laughs> paving the way for uh, the younger attorneys to, to come through. I've been astonished by the number of women that are involved in what is traditionally thought of as a very male-driven field. And I think the way forward for the uh, section is really to bring us all a little bit closer together, to uh, really work towards having small groups in different ways for us to connect with one another. Um, the Women's Initiative, and I think we'll probably bring that up a few different times today, uh, is a, a way for women to get together to talk. And there's, you know, committees uh, and a number of different intersectional areas. And I'd love to see more of that coming in the next few years. Thank you. And Mika, you have had a diversified career from government to now in-house counsel and also a stint in private practice. Do you want to give us your her story and tell us where you see some opportunities for women in the future? Sure. I think the common theme is that, you know, wherever I go, I, I find good mentors. And so um, it doesn't have to be, you know, women. Um, I find that often, you know, men can play a role there too. Um, but I have found that in each of my roles, it helps to, um, you know, have a, like a strong mentor and a sponsor and someone that's, you know, willing to, to help you with the work and give you the good opportunities. Jody, what about you? Um, when was your first spring meeting? And tell us your her story. My first spring meeting was in 2006, and it was 
a little bit different, a little more men on the panels. Not, I think there were a few women that were on panels, but it was definitely not the norm. Um, and I actually took a break in spring meetings uh, for three or four years. And when I started coming back three years ago, it was very refreshing to see a very diverse panel. And I think with the years that have been coming each year, the panels become more and more diverse, not just in representation, men versus women, but also in viewpoints. And I think that as time goes on, as we have more robust conversations, spring meeting will only get more and more interesting. What about you, Gabrielle? Um, My first spring meeting, I think was in 2009. And at the time I was in private practice, I'm in-house now. And I think um, I came in as already volunteering for various ABA committees. So I found that it was a great opportunity to actually get to meet people, but it was still scary because, you know, there were all these people that already did know each other. And I don't really remember there being a whole lot of other women there, but there were great women like Tara and, you know, others that would hone in on you and pull you out and introduce you to to other people. And to me, that's really what I love about the spring meeting, that it's this opportunity to connect with people who you may have worked with on deals, on matters through the ABA, and you actually get that face-to-face connection and, you know, hopefully make those um, connections that lead to greater bonds and community later. So Tara, tell us in your career, and not just at Spring Meeting, but overall, what has it been like being a woman in antitrust? What are some of the challenges and some of the benefits of being a woman that you've encountered? So when I first started out, as I mentioned, it was definitely challenging because there were so few others. And I did find a couple of my peers, coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, the the section ended up being one of the key places where I was able to connect with other women because we would find each other and, and cluster together. And there were a few of us that kind of came through the ranks in the leadership together. I was fortunate that the men that I worked for were very good mentors and sponsors. And so they would certainly encourage me to get involved in the section and other bar leadership activities. But ultimately, it just came down to, you've got to make sure you're getting good work. And uh, you have to demand that of the people that you're working with. And if you feel like you're not being taken seriously and it's because you're a woman, you just have to make sure you're getting work and proving that you're capable. And the trajectory of my career really demonstrated that at each stage of my career, I was always just advised, do the best work you can. People will notice and you will progress. And that's always worked out really well for me. So that's ultimately the advice I try to give other people is when you're an attorney, really ultimately it comes down to the quality of your work. But I love that in addition to doing good work, and I think that, you know, largely um, the women that are successful in that we see here do good work, but I like that you also said demand the opportunity to do that good work. And I think sometimes we don't do that as much for ourselves, you know, even though we might do it for others. Mika, what has your experience been in getting that good work? And also, um, are there any stories you have about demanding it or anything else um, in your career path? Yeah, no, um, what Tara was just saying really resonated. When I was at private practice, you know, we go through these review periods. And I think that sometimes um, the way we're reviewed is through the lens of being a woman or through, you know, different cultures. And for me, you know, I am, you know, part African-American and part Asian. And there's a little bit of, you know, a different way that I carry myself. And I don't know that it's always fully appreciated by law firms. And so when you're trying to get that work, sometimes people might see you 
as, you know, you know, not as aggressive as you should be um, or something like that. But I think demanding the work or maybe even leaving such as maybe I did. And, you know, now I'm in-house at United Airlines and I have control over, you know, our antitrust counseling and compliance um, globally. And so it is very clear that I'm, you know, capable of doing the work and, you know, and handling it. Deanna, what about you? You know, I'd say the most important thing for me is, is just being willing to say yes to the opportunities that, uh, one, I'm interested in and one, the ones that have been given to me, uh, whether it's within the workplace or within the section. So at work, if there's a new matter that comes down the pike that I haven't had experience with, you know, there might be a tendency for uh, women to say like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm capable of doing that. I don't know if I should go out for that job. But I have always made a point to just push myself and say, you know, I'll learn it as I do it. I'll figure it out when I get there. Uh, And similarly, within the section, I started off as a YLR, and I'm a YLR again. I'm also chair of the YLD's antitrust committee, and I will be uh, liaison to the YLD next year. And in each of those roles, it's something that I had to look for and um, really put my best foot forward to get. But it's taken me, you know, having the confidence to say, Either one, I know this and I can do it, or two, I will learn it and I can do it. And it's not just uh, me alone in my own little place, you know, chugging along, saying, I think I can, I think I can. It's also having great mentors like Gabrielle, who was my first mentor within the section, and a grand mentor, Tara, (laughs) Uh, just giving us the, the feedback to know the skills that you have are in line with what they're looking for in the section or in uh, antitrust in general. I really like that. And your comment about mentorship and Mika, you talked about mentorship. That's actually one of the, it's helped me with one of my biggest challenges, which is finding my voice. As a litigator, it's been challenging and rewarding, but difficult to find a voice in the courtroom that is effective. And fortunately, I've had wonderful mentors who I've been able to have as sounding boards, and I could run through an argument with them, um, have them give me pointers, feedback, what's working, what's not working, how to approach an argument, maybe in a different perspective. And it's helped me really find my own footing and find my own way and become my own lawyer. What about you, Gabrielle? I agree with everything that everyone has said to me, um, whether it's mentoring, sponsorship, um, really it's our squads um, that we have. It's having that community to bounce things off of that gets you inspired, that gets you motivated, and that also makes you feel like you can do that. And that, you know, does quell those doubts when you do have the doubts that Tiana was mentioning. I mean, to me, one of the biggest things is that I still, you know, get scared and, you know, doubt whether or not you can take things on. And I think it's committing to other women that I'm going to do it and, you know, to other team members, other colleagues, but also knowing that I have this community that is there and, you know, supporting. And I think that that's one thing that this section has really provided and the antitrust community larger. So one last question for Mika. As you're juggling all of these things, because I know in addition to being an amazing lawyer in-house and having this career path, 
having practice, you know, in the government and in a law firm, um, you're also a parent. So do you have any life hacks that you can share with us that help along the way? I think the biggest one is just allowing yourself to be imperfect and not feeling so much pressure because, you know, you haven't crossed everything off of your to-do list or, you know, you didn't handle everything in the exact perfect way that you wish that you could have. Um, but just allowing yourself that room is my, my newest hack. I love that one. <laughs> so speaking of balance and trying to have a career while having children, Tara, your children are a little bit older and a little more advanced in their, and in, in you're more advanced in your career. What tips do you have on how that balance has changed as the children have gotten older? Yes. So my children are 15 and a half and 18. They're sophomore and senior in college. So I'm kind of in high school, sorry. So they're kind of coming out the other end. So I'll give you one tip that is a very practical one. And then I'll give you one that's a little bit more big picture. So the practical one is as soon as the children can reach the knobs on the washer and dryer, you teach them to do laundry and they start doing their own laundry. This will save you countless hours. Uh, and that's just crucial. And it also builds uh, resilience and responsibility. And these are all good, good skills for your kids to learn. So don't ever feel guilty that you're making them do chores. They absolutely have to be doing chores. The bigger picture is just this metaphysical being willing to let go of things and recognize that we cannot do everything, even when we feel like we're the people that are running the household and responsible. Hopefully you have a partner who is also stepping up and doing as much as possible and, and really 50-50. If you don't have a reliable partner, you've got friends, you've got people out there who will help you. You have to let go and not try to do it all yourself because otherwise you will drive yourself crazy. And if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. I love that. Deanna, how do you strike balance between work and having a life outside of work? So I'll say, uh, as far as the antitrust section goes, I'm in the unique position of having an antitrust family, if you will, because my husband is also in the section, uh, Ilunga Kalala, and we have two little children that we've brought to pretty much every single meeting. And so I like to say that I think more people know our children than know either of us individually. <laughs> and I think that's a life hack, too. You know, um, we are mothers, we are employees, we're daughters, we come to these conferences, we come to the antitrust section, we, we come as attorneys, as full people. And we can't shy away from letting everyone know who we are as full people. And I think I've been able to have richer relationships with people because they know my entire family, they know my children, and they are invested in my entire family. And so I'd say one life hack is bring your kids along, <laughs> but I, I would definitely echo what the other uh, panelists have said. It's, you know, you can only do so much in one day and you have to start each day with a to-do to list that prioritizes what you're going to get done that day and who you're going to hand off those other assignments to. If I could just make one observation, the fact that we, in the the construct of a section event are having a conversation about motherhood and children. Compare that to where things were when I started in the section and women were legitimately afraid to talk about the fact that they had children. I remember being pregnant at one of my early spring meetings and hiding it because I didn't want people to know that I was even pregnant. I was sneaking saltines in the, in the ladies' room because I was feeling really lousy. And now it's something that we're all really happy to talk about and we embrace and this idea of the, the complete person. I happen to think that parents are uniquely great at juggling all sorts of things and multitasking. And ultimately, as lawyers and as professionals, that's a very valuable skill set as well. So I just love that we're even talking about that. Jody, what about you? What's your life hack? 
My life hack has been acknowledging and giving into the fact that it's okay to rely on my village. I have a wonderful village that makes my life possible, my neighbors, my family, my husband, but there was a lot of guilt in relying on that village. Oh, I, I don't want you to take my kids to school. It's, it's really okay. I can do it. I'll be late to my meeting or I won't be as prepared. And just acknowledging that it's okay. Somebody else can step in for me. I don't have to be there all the time and do what I can. But if I need to be at a meeting, I need to be at a meeting. And if I need to have somebody take my kids to school that day, that's not me, give them a kiss before I go and they will be just fine. So allowing that imperfection into my life has really been my life hack. What about you, Gabrielle? So first of all, I love all of this. I love the allowing room to fail, bringing your whole self your whole kids <laughs> and your authentic <laughs> self and letting go of guilt. My hack is that I do make my to-do lists, but I also make a done list uh -huh. so that instead of focusing on my to-do list and all of the things that I haven't done, I can make a list of all of the things that I have accomplished, which makes me feel so much better than seeing all of the things that I still have to do for tomorrow. And I think it really goes to um, celebrating our successes and taking that time and whether, you know, it's going out to, you know, grab a cupcake with a friend because we just, you know, killed it in a meeting um, or had a trial success or whatever it is. I think it's pausing and, you know, soaking in the good stuff instead of just right away moving on to the next challenge and then the next thing and all the things because life will definitely push us to do that. And to me, it's um, taking that time to be grateful, appreciate, and be excited for the things that we've done. So in the spirit of celebrating our achievements and celebrating the future or looking into the future, do we want to take a few minutes and talk about where we would like to see the section going in the next few years in terms of diversity and giving women more opportunities in the section? I'll, I'll take that. This is Tara. What I would like to see is a situation where every panel has an equal number of men and women on it. I think that we've reached critical mass in our practice areas in both competition and consumer protection. And I think uh, maybe years ago you could get away with the excuse that there really was only one qualified woman to be on any given panel. I don't believe that anymore. And so I think more of us need to step up and expect that of our moderators and our panel planners. And that should be the baseline expectation. I like that expectation, and I hope we see that more in the years to come. And what about you, Deanna? What would you like to see? I think uh, diversity across the board. So there has obviously been a great increase in uh, women participating in the section, but the section is still woefully short when it comes to people of color. And I know that lots of people have a laser-like focus on how do we increase uh, people of color in the section, how do we get them involved and how do we retain them? And it's going to be a trial and error process. There's going to require a lot of thought and communication and a lot of work in terms of building the pipeline. But I'd love to see, you know, 50% of the panels being people of color as well. So I, I think just diversity across the board would be a fantastic next step for the section and something I know that they're already working really hard on. I think those are lofty goals. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our program. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us today. This has been a lovely conversation. If our listeners have questions or wish to follow up, you can reach out to Gabrielle and this is Jody Williams. We are spearheading the Women's Initiative through the ABA Membership and Diversity Committee. It's a wonderful committee 
dedicated to building a community with our women members. Um, you can find us on the Women in SAL Connect page. And this concludes another podcast with the ABA section of Antitrust. If you like what you heard, please join us in person at some of our upcoming conferences. Details are available at ambar.org backslash antitrust. I'm Jody Williams with Gabrielle Kohlmeyer. Until next time, thanks for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.